0: Hello, everybody. Good day. It is July 23rd, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. I'm your host, David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I am so glad to have the opportunity to read the scriptures out loud, along with the many who tune into this podcast. We're happy to have you join us on our daily excursions as we progressively make our way through the pages of the Bible, You can subscribe to each episode wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Amazon, Alexa, Apple, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and of course you can go to our website, newlife.org. That's newlife, one word, dot O-R-G. Where you can also subscribe to the daily commentary on each day's Bible reading with charts, illustrations, and maps. We are reading from the Old and New Testaments each day, and today we find ourselves in the book of 2nd Chronicles, revisiting King Solomon's Golden Age. His kingdom is impressive. However, he goes off the rails in disobedience to God's revealed will, and in his desire to increase his political power and to bring foreign nations under his influence, he multiplies to himself foreign wives. The book of Chronicles does not focus on Solomon's shortcomings, but rather the magnificent glory of his kingdom and his reign of peace, all of which anticipates the glorious kingdom of the expected Messiah. It is this glory that becomes the reference point or benchmark of the chronicler when it comes to beauty and magnificence. 2 Chronicles 8, verse 11 is where we step out on today's Bible tour, and I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. So are you ready to join me? Second Chronicles chapter eight verse eleven, and we will read through to chapter ten verse nineteen. Second Chronicles eight eleven. Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the house that he had built for her, for he said, My wife shall not live in the house of David, King of Israel, for the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. Then Solomon offered up burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of the Lord, that he had built before the vestibule, as the duty of each day required, offering according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the three annual feasts, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. According to the ruling of David his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service, and the Levites for their offices of praise, and ministry before the priests, as the duty of each day required, and the gatekeepers in their divisions at each gate, for so David the man of God had commanded. And they did not turn aside from what the king had commanded the priests and Levites concerning any matter and concerning the treasuries. Thus was accomplished all the work of Solomon from the day the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. Then Solomon, went to Ezion-Geber and Eloth on the shore of the sea, in the land of Edom. And Hiram sent to him by the hand of his servants, ships and servants familiar with the sea. And they went to Ophir together with the servants of Solomon, and brought from there four hundred and fifty talents of gold, and brought it to King Solomon. CHAPTER nine: THE QUEEN OF SHEBA. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions, having a very great retinue, and camels bearing spices, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendants of his servants, and their clothing, his cupbearers and their clothing, and his burnt-offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, half the greatness of your wisdom was not told me, you surpass the report that I heard. Happy are your wives, happy are these your servants, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and set you on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel and would establish them forever, he has made you king over them, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold, and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. There were no spices such as those that the queen of Sheba gave to king Solomon. Moreover, the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, brought algam wood and precious stones, and the king made from the algam wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, lyres also, and harps for the singers there never was seen the like of them before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what she had brought to the king. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred and sixty-six talents of gold, besides that which the explorers and merchants brought. And all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made two hundred large shields of beaten gold, six hundred shekels of beaten gold went into each shield, and he made three hundred shields of beaten gold, three hundred shekels of gold went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne, and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps, and a footstool of gold, which were attached to the throne, and on each side of the seat were armrests, and two lions standing beside the armrests, while twelve lions stood there, one on each end of a step on the six steps. Nothing like it was ever made for any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon, for the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom, and all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present, articles of silver and of gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. And Solomon had four thousand stalls for horses and chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And he ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah and horses were imported for Solomon from Egypt and from all lands. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, from first to last, are they not written in the history of Nathan the prophet, and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Iddo the seer concerning Jeroboam the son of Nebat? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel forty years, and Solomon slept with his fathers, and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. Chapter 10 The Revolt Against Rehoboam Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. And as soon as Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, for he was in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy, Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Come to me again in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men, who had stood before Solomon his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, If you will be good to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants for ever. But he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him, and stood before him. And he said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us, thus shall you say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's thighs, and now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered them harshly, and forsaking the counsel of the old men, king Rehoboam spoke to them according to the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by God that the Lord might fulfill his word which he spoke by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, THE PEOPLE ANSWERED THE KING, WHAT PORTION HAVE WE IN DAVID? WE HAVE NO INHERITANCE IN THE SON OF JESSE. EACH OF YOU TO YOUR TENTS, O ISRAEL. LOOK NOW TO YOUR OWN HOUSE, DAVID. SO ALL ISRAEL WENT TO THEIR TENTS. BUT REHOBOAM REIGNED OVER THE PEOPLE OF ISRAEL WHO LIVED IN THE CITIES OF JUDAH. THEN KING REHOBOAM SENT HADORAM, WHO WAS taskmaster OVER THE FORCED LABOR. AND THE PEOPLE OF ISRAEL STONED HIM TO DEATH WITH STONES and King Rehoboam quickly mounted his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And this concludes our reading from today's portion of the Old Testament in the book of Second Chronicles. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. It has been said that men easily compartmentalize their lives into separate components, each with its own set of rules. We see this trait in Solomon. For political purposes and sinful desire, he disobeys God's command that forbids polygamy. In Deuteronomy 17, verse 17, he marries Pharaoh's daughter, a pagan, to secure a military alliance, neglecting the instruction of Deuteronomy 7, verse 4, warning that to do so would lead to having his heart turned to other gods. Although Solomon was careful to obey God's instructions for building the temple, he was not careful to heed God's instruction when it came to his personal life. He took seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been for Solomon went after Ashtoreth the goddess of the Sidonians and after Milcom the detestable idol of the Ammonites Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not follow the Lord fully as David his father had done then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh the detestable idol of Moab on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem and for Molech the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon thus also he did for all his foreign wives Who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you. And will give it to your servant. First Kings chapter eleven, verses one through eleven. Solomon had favorable relationships with the Phoenician king Hiram of Tyre, who supplied him with four hundred and fifty talents of gold. In Second Chronicles chapter eight, verse eighteen, the queen of Sheba, impressed by Solomon's wisdom, wealth, the decorum of his subjects, and the attention to protocol and ritual, donated a hundred and twenty talents of gold, large quantities of spices, and precious stones. THE QUEEN OF SHEBA RECOGNIZED GOD'S HAND ON SOLOMON. HER COMMENDATION, AS TRUE AS IT WAS, FAR BETTER FITS THE REIGN OF OUR LORD JESUS CHRIST. THEN SHE SAID TO THE KING, IT WAS A TRUE REPORT WHICH I HEARD IN MY OWN LAND ABOUT YOUR WORDS AND YOUR WISDOM. NEVERTHELESS I DID NOT BELIEVE THEIR REPORTS UNTIL I CAME AND MY EYES HAD SEEN IT. AND BEHOLD, THE HALF OF THE GREATNESS OF YOUR WISDOM WAS NOT TOLD ME. YOU SURPASSED THE REPORT THAT I HEARD. How blessed are your men! How blessed are these your servants, who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom! Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel, establishing them forever, therefore he made you king over them, to do justice and righteousness. 2 Chronicles 9 verses 5 through 8. King Solomon more than reciprocated the generosity of the Queen of Sheba, this again reflects the fact that we can never outgive the king of kings king solomon gave the queen of sheba all she desired and asked for he gave her more than she had brought to him 2 chronicles chapter 9 verse 12 particularly impressive was solomon's throne the throne overlaid with gold and inlaid with ivory had 6 steps and a footstool attached to it 12 lions stood on the 6 steps one on each side of the step so plentiful was the gold that silver became common in value. The king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem, and he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland. 2 Chronicles 9, verse 27. Chapter 9 concludes with a positive summary of Solomon's forty year reign in Jerusalem. Chapter 10 records the reign of Solomon's successor, his son Rehoboam. He rejected the wisdom of his elders and gave in to the suggestion of his wicked peers, who told Rehoboam to strengthen his rule with harsh, oppressive dominance. Rehoboam's approach did not reflect the righteous rule of the Lord. Consequently, those who dispersed from the assembly in Jerusalem to their homes throughout Israel dispersed from any affection or loyalty to their new king. When all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of jesse every man to your tents o israel now look after your own house david so all israel departed to their tents second chronicles chapter 10 verse 16 this is an illustration of how the rule of self sabotages any expression of the kingdom rule of god now let's go on to the next stop on our bible tour to the new testament paul's letter to the romans chapter 8 verses 9 through 21 romans chapter 8 verse 9 that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the gold that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience and this concludes our reading from the new testament paul's letter to the romans in the eighth chapter and there's more to come tomorrow let's take a few moments to think about what we have just read this reading starts with the reign of the spirit of god in the believer which is such a contrast to what we read of the reign of rehoboam which is so representative of the reign of the flesh the old sin nature however you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you but if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he does not belong to him romans chapter 8 verse 9 this verse tells us what a true christian is someone who believes on with a committed trust the lord jesus belongs to the lord jesus and is indwelt by the spirit of god you cannot have one without the other Paul goes on with clarifying statements about our new life in Christ. Are you alive in Christ? There is only one kind of Christian, one that is born of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability in the Spirit to reckon yourself dead to sin. To reckon means to act on the fact. By the Spirit you can put to death the misdeeds of the body in Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Romans 8 is the great chapter on the Holy Spirit. He is mentioned more times in this chapter than any other chapter in the Bible. He's referred to twenty-four times, by the Spirit we live as sons, that is, legal heirs, and not striving slaves. We live in faith and not in fear. In verse 15, we have a healthy respect, affection, and connection towards our Father. In verses 15-17, through the Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit our privileges as sons. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Romans chapter 8 verses 18 through 21 connects us to the eternal plan of the ages the holy spirit is the down payment in ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 the betrothal gift from christ our heavenly bridegroom who assures us that christ will return to take us to himself then we will be changed into his likeness in 1 john chapter 3 verse 2 and return to earth with him to share his rule in a new heaven and a new earth For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 19. The J.B. Phillips paraphrase puts it this way. The whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. What a glorious prospect and blessed hope the Christian has. We shall see our Savior face to face one day and be fully conformed to his image. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible tour, the Book of Psalms, Psalm 18, verses 16 through 36. And reading this portion
1: will be Peter Healy. Psalm 18, verses 16 through 36. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He rewarded me, For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. For you saved a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer, and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip."
0: Thank you, Peter. This is King David's Song of Deliverance. He's been praising the Lord for his power to rescue him in times of trouble. He has experienced the power of God's salvation at work. What has the Lord rescued you from? Where have you come from and where has he brought you to? Every true Christian can say what the psalmist says here. He has delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. The Apostle Paul reminds us in his letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. He brought us into a spacious place, our new position, seated above in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, where we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. God the Father delights in you as he delights in his Son, because you are hid with Christ, meaning that you are identified with him. He brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me, because He delighted in me. Psalm 18, verse 19. Verses 20-24 through speak of the perfect righteousness of Christ. Verse 25 reminds us that God treats us according to Christ's righteousness that He has imputed to us. Salvation requires humility in verse 27. We must admit that we are as sinful and hopelessly lost and desperately needy as the Bible tells us we are. We need all that He is and all that He has done and all that He can do. He is the author and the finisher of our salvation. For you save an afflicted people, but haughty eyes you abase. For you light my lamp. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. Psalm 18, verses 27 and 28. Verses 30 through 36, beautifully describe the perfection of God's Word and God's ways, and highlights His transforming power. What a wonderful Savior we have! His way is perfect, His Word is flawless, in verse 30. How are you being changed by Him, in verse 33? How are you being trained by Him, in verse 34? Is He equipping you to stand strong with Him in the spiritual battle? Any time you go through difficulties, remember, you are in training for reigning. He is growing you up. Now let's go to the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 19, verse 26. He who does violence to his father and chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. The New American Standard Version says, he who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. We are commanded to honor our father and mother. To fail to do so is a disgrace. The proverb prophetically links both abusive attitudes and actions that sabotage what God intended to be a nurturing relationship between parents and children. We need to recognize rebellion for what it is, a sin against God. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord God, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and Your dominion endures throughout all eternity. You are the greater Solomon, and Your splendor takes our breath away. As we make daily discoveries of Your riches in Christ Jesus, the pure golden truth of Your Word, we realize afresh that the half was not told us. Lord, we want to be all that You have made us to be in Christ Jesus, sons and daughters that You can truly delight in. We do not despise Your chastening hand, because we know that Your ways are perfect. Your word is flawlessly pure. Your treatment through our light afflictions is working for us a far more eternal weight of glory. You are transforming our feet so we can walk in high places and stand on the heights. You are enabling us to resist the devil and gain victories that glorify your name. Help us to walk in that victory today in Jesus' name. We've made good progress today in our one-year Bible tour and we look forward to being with you tomorrow and continuing our journey. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us uh, wherever you get your podcasts in the comments section or you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to get a written transcript of our commentary, you can go online to our website, newlife.org. So until next time, God be with you. Shalom.